0: This podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am so excited to have today not an SLP. But a special educator. Maureen Howard is here from Spoonful of Sped. And I'm so excited to talk all about vocational training and working with older students. So, Maureen, tell us a little bit about yourself and your
1: journey into special education and how you are where you are today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to connect and collaborate. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, I am currently a special education department chair at a public high school in Northern Virginia. I've been in the field of education for seven years. I started as an instructional assistant as a substitute and kind of picked up a long-term sub-job and just really loved it and ended up getting hired provisionally where I kind of learned on the job. I wasn't fully finished with all of my educational instruction at the time. And then had three years to get my teaching licensure and started in a classroom with students with really significant support needs where they really needed a variety of communication resources, a variety of AAC devices, those augmentative tools. We had just a kind of Whirlwind of needs and experiences in such a short amount of time. And as a new teacher, I was always like so overwhelmed. But I've really grown, I think, in the last couple of years. Right now, I'm currently pursuing my PhD in special education at George Mason University and have really found a passion connecting with people like you and just learning from my peers and coworkers trying to kind of find ways to make our lives easier because school and the education system is so tricky and finding ways that we can learn from each other to integrate that is one of my kind of biggest passions that theory to practice is like so critical. Awesome. And what, grade levels did you work with? of or- yeah, well, these high school. So the IA job was a high school job. And right now I'm the department chair at a high school. So they're 14 to 22 years old. And we have many students that maybe leave after their natural senior year. And then we also have a large population that stays all the way. We call them super seniors. They stay all the way till they're 22 and no longer allowed in, in public schools because they've aged out of the system.
0: What would you say is the biggest challenge for special educators and SLPs working with that population where they are becoming super seniors and staying on and having
1: such high demands? Yeah, I would say like while you're asking this, two things came to mind, I would say. And I think they kind of go together like turnover and consistency, I think. Turnover of staff is really high, whether it's year to year, like teachers quitting, SLPs moving to different schools, or consistency, like in high school, the students transfer to different classes. And so they go to math, and then they have a different teacher for reading and a different teacher for life skills. So they are really kind of all over the place. And To, you know, question we always like stress over is where is so-and-so's talker? You know, like we know that they have these communication aids, but how can we implement them with fidelity across all of their settings? And I think that that consistency issue happens just normally during the day, as well as when there's a lapse in staff or a substitute fills in for somebody. How do we make sure that these systems and their voices are like still available when these blips come up? Are
0: there any systems or strategies that you have implemented or seen implemented where it has helped reduce that lack of communication device
1: usage? It's so tricky. I would say at our school, we had one SLP that was really passionate about, and we have kids that use iPads with Words for Life or proloquo to go as some of their communication apps. And she added like a strap. Some of the cases you can get like a shoulder strap. And that was like a big help in that before they left to go to their next classroom, we would just, you know, make sure that they were strapped up. And it added like an ease of carrying it from room to room because I think that was tricky for them. It also made it portable to go out into the community, less likely for them to lose it. You could label it so that if they left it at the job site or something like that, they could take it. And then the other one is this happened a lot in virtual instruction, but it's carried over somewhat this year. Is we just added a slide at the beginning of everyone's PowerPoint or like Google Slides lesson that had, you know, do you have your talker and like pictures of the communication devices so that it just was like a natural part of the routine. It was built in and it was something that you could even customize with what students had what types of tools at the bottom for your math class or something like that, then the assistants can support, the teacher can support. If there's a sub that day, we would know, oh, Matthew needs his iPad. Where is it? Do you know where it is? Let me go find this. And so that really helped. And it was just something little that we did last year in efforts to include the families because the families weren't used to kind of some of these routines that we had in place. And it went very well. And I think several of our teachers are still using it this year. So we like let's like that. I love that idea. I'm
0: hoping so many listeners are thinking like, hmm, I got to email all my teachers to tell them to do that or just make that slide and send it to them to add to their, like, do now, that whatever.
1: Yeah, like something simple. Make it for them and just you send made it. it. for them. I got this great clip art off of, I think, Teachers Pay Teachers. And it has literally been a lifesaver because I could just add it to every one of our slide decks and share it with, you know, the rest of our team. And and I'm assuming you can answer as
0: an special educator, where I'm answering this as an SLP, I think teachers are willing to do it, especially if you do it for them.
1: (laughs) Honestly, 100%. I think we're on the same page about that. Like, if it's one less thing that they don't have to do, like, they welcome it greatly. And as a teacher, I was like that as well. So now in this leadership role, I'm even more motivated to find ways to Like, let me do that for you. Now you never have to think about this again. And then you just kind of copy and paste this into every slide deck. And I think that that, I love it. We're on the same page. Mm
0: -hmm. Love it. One question or one struggle many SLPs have when they come to working with these, have a lot of demands and needs in the high school setting is how to make their sessions relevant. Mm -hmm. Where they feel like they don't want it to be babyish but they might, these students might be still working on some basic skills and the academics is hard. What advice, what are some things that, especially these students are working on in the classrooms that SLPs can be utilizing in their speech sessions?
1: Yeah, I think there's a big debate always about age appropriateness and how to encourage older students to like older things, but sometimes they just don't like those older things. But I think that the example that comes to mind is like teaching the word more, right? Like that is typically a word that very young children use. Maybe they're 16, 18 years old, still really working on that skill. But instead of asking for more bubbles, you know, maybe we're asking for more Taylor Swift. Maybe we're asking for more kind of relevant Pokemon, something Pokemon, well, just things that other high schoolers might talk about or know of and integrating maybe their favorite thing maybe it really is Barbie we had a student that loved Barbie maybe we introduced Barbie but we also are sharing other relevant things or their favorite more activity is Barbie but mine I I'm glad you like that but I like You know whatever my preference is. (laughs) G.I. Joe. Is G.I. Joe still a thing? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) We just did Harry Potter at school, and that was like a fun thing. Or like the Lego movie. Anything that is remotely TikTok is like a cool thing now that all the teenagers are. I sound like an old lady saying that, but you know, like just kind of playing into things that are more relevant to their everyday interactions we went to the pep rally this past week. You know, that's a high school thing. Maybe we could talk about the pep rally. We could talk about the people that we saw there, the band members, the cheerleaders, the seniors, and the class wars. I think that there's always things that we can find, but I think you lose the students' interest when it's just really scripted or forced or you bring out a a picture card deck that is really meant for four to 10 year olds that has a dog running in the street or like it's just not as relevant it's not capturing their interest or the peers around them I think my favorite way that I've seen speech pathologists work and I'm like hey let me play too is games we have a whole wall of games And Connect Four was like always a classic or the fishing game. Mm -hmm. High schoolers don't often play the fishing games. So we got Bounce Off, if you've ever seen that, it's like Mm -hmm. a ping pong game. And that was so fun. The kids love it. It brings, brings out lots of raucous, like laughter, but it's a great requesting. It's a great turn taking. It's great commenting. There's different color balls, sequencing. Like I think that there's lots of things you could do kind of with that But it's age-appropriate, it's more fun with those other high school peers.
0: Love it. Games aren't just for fun. It's an opportunity to teach language skills and communication and socialization. And students don't even realize they're learning and they need that support. They don't know how to play games. And we can be that person to show them and show them that it can be fun. Absolutely. Can you go into a little more about your experience with taking students to different job sites and job preparedness
1: activities? Yeah, so... I will say in this leadership role, I have been kind of on the facilitator side. So seeing and and hearing reports from speech, from OT, from PT, from our special ed teachers and assistants supporting these students out in the community. And I think the underlying kind of message is like expect the unexpected. Like when you're out in the community, there's no script anymore. Like you don't know who's going to come up to you at the store and who's not. You're not sure if all the tables are going to be, you're working at a restaurant, all the tables will be full or they'll all be empty all morning. You need to go in with that flexible mindset and be prepared to kind of make any situation your communication tool. And I think that, you all are so good that SLPs at doing that and finding the spaces and making it work with the, the environment around you. But community is like, for sure, you need to go with the ebbs and flows of who's there that day, what students are there, what staff are there to support these students, what jobs are available. Different places provide a lot of jobs. Some places provide no jobs and you have to make up your own. So that's always kind of a challenging part, but like a fun part of it too. What are some questions an
0: SLP can ask that might be working in a high school and might be new at that building, might be new at this age level, might have a million other levels of students that they can't devote 90% of their day to learning about these job sites and what is expected there? What are some things that they can ask the special ed director or, or the teacher? What are some things they can ask to get more information about how they can support?
1: Yeah, I think the message I always hear from the teachers are like visuals that they need out in the community. And so as the SLP, hey, what types of tools are you working with most often at this job site so that I could make some visuals that support with that? Or what sentences are they like kind of saying most frequently so that maybe I could add them to the back of their badge that they take out into the community. Just kind of figuring out and taking the pulse from the assistants or teachers on what their most kind of common or or pressing needs are while they're out there and speech is not around so that then they still have those available to them when they're gone. My favorite and good friend now SLP that we had a couple of years ago, we had little lanyards, like our school badge was in it. And she gave all the staff members a words-for-life little kind of icons of the three most kind of frequently. I want, blank, I need, blank, and maybe, like, stop and help or something. And... Every staff member had it in the back of our badge. We wore our badges every day. That way, if something came up and a student was in crisis or stuck or needed some kind of communication support, we just had it there and could like flip it to the student and refer to this visual on the spot. And it was so kind of special to have. One of our assistants still has it to this day, and she gave it to us like four years ago, (laughs) but it was because it was such an amazing tool for us to have on the fly. I love it.
0: Love it. What are some common sites that you have taken students to? Just in case someone listening is
1: not aware of, what are some? It really depends on your community, but local churches in the area. Some of our students have gone to the library, like the local public library. Restaurants in the area. We have Glory Days by us. We have a Panera. We have IHOP retail places like a consignment store or TJ Maxx or I'm trying to think of gyms, like exercise places. They had they would go clean the equipments there. It just really kind of depends on the connections that your either special ed coordinator or job coordinator has within the community and I'm always looking the answer is you know you gotta ask, don't worry if the answer is no, you might as well just kind of ask, so I'll go up to. Recently, Trader Joe's, we said, hey, do you have any jobs here for us? Like, we would love to work here. And they didn't have any jobs, but they did offer us all the used flowers. So now we're using that as a um, job that we do in the school. So just kind of like be creative with what's around you. And don't be afraid (laughs) with uh, just cold calling or asking people. Love it. What are some tasks
0: that you have them preparing for and working on at these different locations?
1: It depends. Some are custodial, like, you know, cleaning tables, rolling silverware, maybe sorting silverware, bussing the tables. At Panera, they used to like fill up the salad dressing cups or wash the dishes in the back at the dishwashing sink. At the gym, I mentioned they clean the equipment, they maybe re rack the weights, clean the mirrors that are on the walls, like some of those types of janitorial types of things. And then at some, they're more like customer service where they're interacting with some of the, I know some jobs that we've had are or in our district. They work at an old folks home or a <laughs> senior assisted living and they help entertain some of the patrons and <laughs> do more of that social interaction piece, which is totally communication heavy. And I'm trying to think. Uh, Oh, and at hotels, we've had several at hotels where they do restocking the coffee bar, you know, when you come down for breakfast in the morning or stripping the beds, vacuuming, doing the laundry at the end of the shift. So there's plenty. And half the time, they're not jobs that the business has set up for you. They're ones that the staff members go in and say, hey, I thought of this. Could we do this for you? And they're like, sure, that sounds great. Thanks so much for thinking of that. So I hope
0: everyone listening is thinking of so many different speech goals and activities that you can role play. I'm thinking of following directions, asking for help and role playing those different conversational scripts about the different sentences and sentence structures you might be working on with all these different verbs and maybe adjectives describing all these different things. You can do categorization with sorting the people, the places, the things. There's so many different speech goals that you can work on. You can read simple like stories about these different kind of locations and work on your WH questions. There's so many ways you can incorporate these themes and these activities into your speech closet and have it be relevant for your students. So hopefully everyone listening is thinking the way I'm thinking as Maureen is speaking about how we can totally utilize what they're doing outside of our speech room and incorporate it into our speech little bubble. So thank you. Those are I I love it that what you're doing in your school and in your community and how you're giving your students such great experiences. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. And I think we're planning with the end in mind, right? We are really thinking about the tools that they need when they are no longer in the school system. So what do they need if they were at this job by themselves tomorrow or left alone to interact with someone at the store? What types of skills do we need to kind of prepare them to ultimately be as independent as they possibly can?
0: Any other tips or advice for an SLP listening working with this population you can provide for them that might be feeling a little overwhelmed or stuck on how to best support these students and the staff?
1: I think that relationship piece is so important. And so getting to know the students that you're working with, learning about all their favorite little quirks and, and shows and brothers and sisters and and different things that they have so that you can use those as connectors and it, it helps you buy right into having them be more likely to work for you in the next speech session. So I think that's the thing that I've seen help our SLPs and our teachers be most successful in working with the students. And it's always my favorite part of the job is learning all about their fun, what's behind what you see at first glance. Love it. Thank you so much for all
0: of this. This is such great insight on what goes on in a special ed classroom with these students in the high school and how we can best support them. I love. I got such great ideas between providing a visual for the teachers to remind the students to take out their talker or whatever term they use mm-hmm. about providing the support staff and everyone going to the job sites with some simple carrier phrases to help support them in case of a frustration. And how do you just maybe incorporate some of these skills and things that they're doing in the community into their speech ther- therapy sessions? So thank you so much. Where can oh. everyone learn more about you and what you have to offer? Yes,
1: thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. We can connect on Instagram. I have an Instagram at of Sped. And I also have a blog where I share some information and some resources that I sell on Teachers Pay Teachers as well. So I'd love to connect, even if it's just to swap stories or to trade resources or ideas for future supports of students. Thank you so much.
0: And I always love to end my episodes with a joke because humor is fun and is a great way to work on language as well. So I thought this one would be a fun one. What did one toilet say to the other toilet. What did they say? You look flushed.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I love a
0: cheesy joke. It is a cheesy joke. And students do love bathroom humor. So It sure do. It elicits a ton of language. So why not? So I hope everyone listening, you tell your students that joke this week and get a lot of laughs and have a lot of fun. And until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, It would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.